Hello there. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Woo! You have now tuned into the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away. Uh, from, you know, basic Star Wars music to Club Niamos Bangers. We got you covered. Uh, I'm Justin. I'm one of your hosts here. Joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts. This is Josh, and I want to give everyone a little bit of a behind the scenes on the Outer Rim Beacon. Uh, that drum beat at the very beginning is actually Travis Barker. That's yeah. We we hired him specifically. <laughs> our whole budget, <laughs> yeah. uh, several years budget, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is Kyle, and I am waiting for that return on Travis Barker investment. Man, when it hits, it's just gonna <laughs> really make my day. Well, I think we for sure need to get up a uh, a Twitter poll or something on do we need to change our outro music to a new mix with this uh, this Niamos uh, club music? Well, while hold we're on, telling people secrets, the title of our yeah. outro music that we've been using for well over a year <laughs> is temporary outro music. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. We can update uh, it. I here, guess. Here's it. Let's get let's get this going on in the back. Oh yeah. I got like summer vibes. I need a drink on the sand. It does. This one, and then uh, I can't hear it because of the technical difficulties. But I, I trust you. Boom! There it goes. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's a good mix, man. I love it. We're gonna have to get that permanent, I think, or something in the outro. So. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. This show keeps getting better and better and better each week. It just keeps me on the edge of my seat, and I am hoping that uh, it continues to do that for the remaining, like, what, five episodes or yeah, we whatever got we got five left. left now, right? Or no, we got six left, right? That was six right in the middle? That was yeah, seven. No, no, that was seven. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, we've got... Five more episodes, um, but it, it just it's it's it, it's tense every week. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm gripping the edge of my seat more and more because it's just so volatile at any moment. So, um, but before we dive into recapping Andor, we do have news and notes that we want to cover. Uh, a little update on Galaxy Con. This dropped what late last week. Rosario Dawson is going to be appearing in Columbus. Huge news. Uh, she's added to the guest list. There are photo ops available. And as of the time that we record, we're record, recording this, autographs are now available as well for Rosario. Um, also in attendance, Ashley Eckstein, Matt Lanter, yeah. James Arnold Taylor. They've got a good assortment of Star Wars cast, Star Trek, and a whole list of people that are going to be there. It's probably the. I didn't. Sorry. Go, go ahead. I was going to say probably the most Star Trek people at this uh, of any convention I've ever been to. Not that I've been mm-hmm. to like thousands of them, but uh, lots of Star Trek people. Oh yeah. Josh, when they, what were you going to say? When when uh, I didn't, wasn't really paying attention, um, and when you get, but you guys were ta- texting the other day about Rosario being there. And when I saw that, I 
I text tab and I said, how soon is too soon to get another Rosario Dawson photo op? <laughs> you just got to make sure you drop like 10 or 15 pounds. And it's like, hey, I just had to get a new one because I'm looking a little skinnier, yeah. you know? I need like once a quarter. <laughs> I need a svelte. I'm so. doing my progress picks with famous people. I like it. That's the way to go. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so if you're going to be in the Columbus area, uh, that's the first weekend in December, December 2nd through the 4th. Uh, if you're going to be in at GalaxyCon, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Come check out the list of people. I'm assuming, well, at least right now, Kyle's going to be there. Josh yeah, trying to I'm make coming. it. Um, I'm going to be there I'll Friday be and Sunday Friday for sure. Night. I don't know if yep. I'll be there Saturday. And, uh, Sunday, but. so yeah. Justin, what times, days are times. you trooping at this event? Do you know? All three days? Uh, two days, I'm one working, day? No, I'm working Friday night for like two hours and then Sunday for two hours early shift, go. like 10 to 12 on Sunday. So yeah. So you, we're going to have like 501st Ohio Garrison is going to have tons of stuff set up. Um, we've got a Hoth display that we're going to be unveiling. So like the hallways uh, or the hallways of the Hoth set up, you can get your photo there. Um, we've got a couple other backdrops that you can get photos with. There's uh, the full eWeb blaster if you want a picture with the eweb blaster you can get that we got a lot going on there um obviously there's tables set up so um any donations made they go directly to charities so uh if you're in them if you're there if you're in attendance you know pitch in it all goes to a good cause so and we're volunteering time and energy so come out and say hi we'd love to see you do you think i could take my shirt off and be the wampa in the hawk scene <laughs> sure all right thank <laughs> you if, if you like, pr- yeah <laughs> well only one arm right <laughs> what if you, put one yeah. arm up one behind your back <laughs> yeah um you approve or just it. you know we'll it. find an ice cream maker and just run through like we'll row hood and yeah, yeah. That's, well that uh, it's a very short hallway though yeah it's a short hallway it's not very long oh, okay. so you'd have to just kind of go in circles so um but yeah it'll be a good time i'm looking forward to it so We've got a little bit of other news and notes here. Josh, you want to dive into this next since we're kind of on a music kick right now? Yeah. So um, speaking of the music of Andor, uh, <coughs> Andor Volume 1 original soundtrack is now available st- for streaming on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, and probably most other official music streaming places. Uh, it's the first of three Andor s- soundtracks that will be released for this season, mm. uh, helmed by Nicholas Bertel, who is a three-time Oscar-nominated uh, composer. Um, volume 2 will be out on 11.4, and Volume 3 will be out on 12.2. And thankfully, even though... So if you look on Spotify, this one is labeled as like, seasons or not seasons episodes one through four but even though it's episodes one through four they still blessed us with the uh niamos morlana club mix that we just heard a few minutes ago even though that's uh not featured until uh this week's episode so praise be but i think they i I think they knew they knew that it was uh, the people were gonna want to hear it yeah they didn't Mm want to make us wait so um hey i saw i saw a little thing and this is related to andor because it's um uh what's his name diego luna was on um kimmel i actually don't know if it's new or if it's old but i saw it and i thought it was hilarious um he was i think he yeah he was on kimmel and he said that 
um, in Mexico and I think other places in oh, Latin America. Oh, R2D2? Yeah, R2D2 is called uh, R2E2 or R2Ito, which means Little Arthur. And he said, like, for the first half of his life, he thought R2D2's name was Little Arthur. <laughs> nice. He, would, he also funny. answers to Arthur. Yeah. I don't think it's mm-hmm. polite to call him Little, though. It's, uh, I think, you know, I think it's, um, it's not uh, a slight. Okay. Do you remember that famous uh, soccer player, Ronaldinho? Sure. It's got like, he Mm. had like the, he had like the long hair. He's Brazilian. Mm -mm. He was, he's like one of the most famous um, soccer players in the world, especially when he was playing. And in Portuguese, Inho is the same as Ito in Spanish. And he was Ronaldinho on his jersey for his entire career because there was someone else on the Brazilian team who was already Ronaldo, even hmm. though his name wasn't Ron- Ron- Ronaldinho, but it was, it was like a, it's like a term of endearment. So well, it's okay. I had no idea. It, I feel so cultured a, now. Yeah. There you go. I show you a picture of this guy sometime and you'll be like, Oh yeah, I've seen that. Oh, guy. that's that guy. So, that guy. Yeah. So that's our Andor nice. soundtrack news plus a little bit of extra, yeah, a uh, little Duolingo <laughs> language lesson for you too. Nice. What uh, you also had um, stuff in here for uh, Bring Home the Galaxy. Tell us a little bit about what's going on with that. Well, you know, Star Wars and Disney love these little like uh, merchandising, little of, yeah, merchandising, merchandising week by week uh, things, and so they're doing a nine week holiday Bring Home the Galaxy. Uh, toy drive kind of thing, uh, toy release thing. And so we got our first uh, round of that, uh, I guess, this week that just passed. Um, so, And we have a, a brand new Star Wars stationary gift set from Aaron Con- uh, Condren. Oh, I bet you uh, Tab Parba wants that. Um, I just <laughs> realized she loves Aaron Condren. Um, uh, Star Wars The High Republic Path of Deceit came out. Um, mm-hmm. We got a Funko Star Wars Pop Advent Calendar, and they actually—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm glad that it happened because I would have bought it otherwise. But they—if—if if they didn't do this, um, but they show you in the like the listing for it on Shop Disney what's in the Advent Calendar, like all oh, of the pieces. Right. It's all little droid pieces, and they're all like they're kind of like those Christmas Black Series where it's like little red and green and white christmas looking themed or whatever parts wait are you talking about are you talking about this the funko pop advent calendar or are you talking about the droid builders advent calendar no i've seen that talking about the droid builders one i did yeah uh, i've seen that you can build like six it makes like six droids but yes they show you all the pieces and the final droids um the funko pop one are they like they're mini funkos right they're not uh, full yeah, size Funkos. I, I would guess so, because if they were full size, that They're thing massive. would be real expensive and real big. <laughs> uh-huh. Can you imagine taking that out in the cart? It's like yeah. this big. It's like a TV size box. It's You're like just bu- taking out. It's like it. buying a Razor Crest, you know? <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, mean, I've seen the Droid one. It looks pretty cool. Funko pops. <laughs> it's a lot of space. <laughs> Go ahead and say, Kyle. I'm out of the pop game. I'm not doing it. I can't believe they're doing an Advent <laughs> calendar. I'm sick of it. Yeah. Uh, we got a Lego uh, Lego Star Wars Ultimate Collector Series Razor Crest. So it's just we're still making Razor Crests, huh? We're still obvious. Hey, they're like, hey, it must be popular. It's the only Haslab that got funded. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and then we got uh, a Black Series uh, Phase 2 Clone Trooper Premium Electronic Helmet. I did see that. Uh, looks pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, and then we they released some retro collection figures. We got the Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker, the Emperor Han Solo on Endor, Lando Calrissian as the Skiff Guard, uh, Princess Leia as Bosch, and a Biker Scout. So <laughs> very, very exciting. Cool. Seems like all, all Return of the Jedi. Uh, yeah, no, all Return of the Jedi. So yeah, I'm not. I'm, the retro one doesn't just doesn't do yeah, it for me. I guess I'm not big on those either. No, I mean some are kind of cool, but ultimately, I did see um, was it uh, Gentle Giant has a Ahsoka Mando big fig coming out, so it's like the twelve inch, yeah, five P of A, but it doesn't, it it just doesn't even at that like at that scale, it's even worse than like the retro three point seven five five yeah. P. It looks just it's it looks the, off the just me. style isn't it's not a look I yeah. appreciate personally, so. Hey. It's not my jam, but if that's yours, so be it. You know, I do. I want the retro ones. Buy the old ones. You know, I have. I want a new one one of the old one. Is the the six inch Obi Wan retro, and that's because I have most of the Obi Wan figures of that style. But that's I got both. Yeah, I got both um, live action Ahsoka and Bo Katan retro figures. But that's it. But that's Mm -hmm. just because I'm trying to build. A shrine yeah. to both of those characters in my house in so. a completely not creepy way yeah i get it that's cool <laughs> no. nice <laughs> all right well that covers news just and notes. jealous we have a good okay. chunk i mean i'm my, sitting uh, in front of my ahsoka shrine ahsoka right wall. now so <laughs> he's got a wall day ahsoka Some, something something <laughs> glass houses yeah <laughs> right um well, let's uh, let's dive into episode seven here of Andor. This was a uh... oh, man. I love this music. It's like just a little clip of it. It's like twenty seconds of it, but it's just. I don't know. So what it is. It's the a good actual vibe. track, I think, is like ninety seconds or something. Maybe that's it. I could be wow. Wrong. Well, while Josh looks that up on the Google machine, uh, let's dive into episode seven, titled "The Announcement." Director was the Force Benjamin. Awakens. Oh, Benjamin Karen. Uh, the writer was uh, Stephen Schiff and Tony Gilroy. This episode was about forty-five minutes long. I think it felt longer than some of the other ones to this point. Love to see it. Um, the uh, yeah, um, and then we had relatively the same cast of characters this week, but we did get the introduction of one new character in particular who has been in previous Star Wars iterations, whether it was Clone Wars or uh, in live action. We had the return of Colonel Wolf Yalaren, who made his appearance here as head of the ISB. At this point, um, this is a pivotal time in his life. Not my, not my favorite version of him myself, but it's good to see him. You mean like the live, live action, action, or just? I mean, him I as a jerk at this Clone point. Wars version when we're, mm-hmm. you know, trouble in the outer rim. <laughs> yeah, we're doing the we're doing Yalaren the intro, and we're a little more <laughs> sympathetic of a character in those days. I would say. 
You yeah. know, he um, was uh, helpful to. Um, he he still even uh, he seems nicer uh, than most Imperials though. Even like because he kind of like takes in the books he takes Thrawn under his wing and is like, you know, he's like. Hey, at least if there's one, uh, if I, there's one uh, imperial higher up that we know is not a xenophobe, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's him. So. No, he's he's definitely not among the worst of the worst. He's by, got, yeah, he's by got a little bit means, more honor, but he's uh, part of the machine. No way around it at this point, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically comes in with a large list of things that the empire is now going to instill as a reaction to what happens with the heist on Aldani, which has now made the hollow net news that's kind of broadcast across the galaxy. Um, a lot of people at this point are in shock. I love that. I love this plot point because it's what both sides wanted. Like, of yeah. course, the Empire, like, they're just itching, give us one reason to just lock it all down, you know, and get, and take away the little you already have. And the rebels who already see the writing on the wall and know this is coming are like, well, let's just push them and open everybody's eyes to how what's really happening because the Empire is going to do exactly what the Empire is w- looking for a reason to do anyway. And it, uh, yeah. it was great. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, it was quite the list of of things. They were going to increase penalties for any systems that are basically housing rebels by like five times as a tax to cover what was taken from. They're just going to start throwing everybody in jail. They're stiffing up all the sentences. Just play it, dog. They're going to review prison sentences. All right, here. It's a little bit of a long clip, but... uh, But I I feel like you were going to list them and then still play it. I was like, just play it. (laughs) it's, It's worth it. It's worth it. Here we go. The criminals responsible for last night's atrocity on Aldani think they've taken the Empire by surprise. We know better. We know the real shock will be when they discover how ready and eager we are to respond. To be prepared. Be here this morning and know that the only question we need to answer is how tight to close our fist. This is an interesting comment from him. This is why we work so hard when we're at peace. This is why we recruit so carefully and demand so much. The following measures will be adopted empire-wide as of today. A tribute tax equal to five times the amount stolen from Aldani will be levied on any sector harboring partisan activity. We will make it clear that no one steals from the empire The use of any local custom, festival, or tradition as cover for rebel activity. That's an important one, too. Trigger permanent revocation of imperial tolerance. No more celebrations. I spoke with Emperor Palpatine last night. And he's assured me that the ISB will be taking the lead going forward. No one in this room should have trouble accessing army or naval resources in future. Also important. The Emperor will be convening an emergency session of the Senate to propose a legislation package of bills and amendments that will free our hands in all matters of surveillance, search, and This is and the big seizure. one. Hey, we already did that. We yeah. will be oh. invoking the Public Order Resentencing Directive later today. P-O-R-D. P-O-R-D. Any criminal act 
with even indirect effect on the empire will henceforth be branded our class one offense. All prison sentences are immediately re-evaluated. All outstanding fines and levies are to be paid in full. Hmm. That is quite the laundry list of things that the Empire is going to instill. How we like already um, do some of that stuff here in America right now. Um, the P-O-R-D is a direct parallel with, what was it, the Sec- Private Securities Act? Is that what it was? The Patriot Act that we basically instilled in this country. Um, yep. It, it's a direct parallel. I don't I don't know any other way to say that. It's, 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 well, a lot of that uh, stuff was crazy. like, well, if we, if we got to start checking up on stuff, we're just going to make sure we have a way to do whatever we need to do. <laughs> we're mm-hmm. yep. going to throw everybody in jail. We're going to make you pay all the fines and everything you owe. And if you can't, we're going to throw you in jail too. And you guys are just yeah. the worst. He's a true believer though. That's for sure. All that st- we, we, we on the outside know that, uh, the Empire cut corners, and that's why stormtroopers can't hit anything. And they, they, you know, so many mm-hmm. things are just like they make things cheap, uh, and just it, they're it's all about throwing as many troops and as many Tie fighters at a, at a problem as possible instead of making just sure you overwhelm it with numbers, sheer volume, yeah, right? Num, num, quality, quantity instead of quality. I, you um, know, he, everything he said is uh, uh, the opposite of that, you know. And I like mm-hmm. that take, but I also read it as him just spreading the propaganda too. Like yeah. he knows that potentially that's a little bit of BS, but I'm just going to tell everybody, like, you know, this is why we're always prepared and they forced our hand. And even though he knows, like you just said, we're just going to recruit everyone in because we're going to have sheer numbers and we wanted to lock everybody down and take away their rights and privileges anyway and all these things and and he is in that weird position like is he so informed that he's like well i just got to tell my underlings the story or you know has he bought into it to himself i don't know but i he he could be i mean he he said himself he has the a, d- a direct line to the emperor, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't seem like that's something that a lot of people have. So no, you wouldn't think, um, if he has that, then he might be a little bit more clued in than your average officer. And I, I liked the, at least this made me think, I don't know if there was any intention to this, but they did say that it was something about any local customs and festivals and right. celebrations and things like that. And in rebels, when the ghost crew used a festival party celebration as cover it was empire day it was an empire festival it was definitely not a lothal thing um i i don't know i that's what made me think of that like oh so even though they were doing that which is a smart move like we could say that move they did on aldani or whatever the the heist that worked using the local festival and all the all the distraction uh but then the ghost crew knowing that this uh, law is out there didn't put the Lothal system in extra jeopardy by using like a mm-hmm. local festival, you know? Right. They, the empire went, Oh, we're going to create our own mm-hmm. festival and like, celebrate empire day. And they course. went, okay, we'll yeah. just use your festival. Then. Machine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We'll just use that one. So fireworks, um, are fireworks, dead, man. 
<laughs> right. Do, do you think um, that they? Uh, do you think that they did like the the church did and and co-opted local the, festival put, days yeah. with Empire Day? Yeah, like probably. Empire Day is the same day as Lothal Day yeah. used to be. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. How Easter it just happens to be on the same day as the old Spring Festival? Yeah, we'll just roll with it. <laughs> right. Um, we do get some dissension here, though, or from Dedra. She is clearly not happy with this decision because she feels that it's playing right into the rebels hands that you're tightening, you know, your restrictions and everything else. But Can, it's, it's just, it's, it's a call to arms for everybody else. And it's just going to fuel that rebel fire even more by instilling yeah, she, these she's changes. Right. They're playing right into their hand. I yep. have, I have a yep. confession to make right now live. I've not even told okay. you guys this before. Um, what? I think I'm pretty open about my disdain for the empire and everything it represents. I'm just disgusted. I hate it. But <laughs> uh, I have a major crush on Detra. I think she's so awesome. <laughs> she's right. She's a she's babe, cool, first man. of all. Like no ifs, ands, or buts. But she's like so smart, and she's like not down with all their BS. Uh, and she, no- I- I'm, I don't know. I dig her. I wanna, I wanna hate her. She's an ISB agent, but. I don't know. I got a major crush on her. I'm into it. <laughs> um, and she puts Blevin, she puts Blevin mm. in his place in that ISB meeting, yeah. ISB meeting later on in the episode, puts him in check and straight up embarrasses him in front of everybody else. Uh, yeah. I have that audio, which I'll play a little bit later, but it, <laughs> That moment was fantastic, especially when Partigan asks, oh, do you mind if we just air your business out in this meeting? She's like, no, go ahead. Let's let's see what he's got to say. She had that, you um, know, proper preparation prevents poor performance, kids. That's it goes to show right there. She had her ducks yeah. in a row, man. Nothing to worry about. Yeah, uh, we do get uh, a little bit of reaction to the heist from Mothma and Luthen, and it's you know as as two of the apparent parties of this trio that is in on this raising of funds. Clearly, one hand doesn't know what the other hand is totally doing at this point because Mothma was shocked mm-hmm. uh, at this point uh, about Luthen and the heist. And I've got a little bit of that audio here. I don't believe you. Well, you'll have to try harder. Don't you dare talk to me like that. Revolutions are expensive. I told you I'm doing everything I can. <laughs> your everything seemed to be all about bringing in a savior to access your family funds. Boom. I explained to you the risk on new faces, but you seem to know better. You realize what you've done? The tremble in her voice. Tell me about the meeting. Very mad. It's tonight. I may reschedule. British people. I warned you when we started. You told me we were building a network. What were my words? This is something else entirely. Turning back will be impossible. You knew where this was going. You've always known. This quote is very interesting. <laughs> Has anyone ever made a weapon that wasn't used? Probably not. The network's been built. It's up. It grows or it dies. We've waited long enough. You realize what you set in motion? It was time for that as well. Palpatine won't hesitate now. Exactly. We need it. Mm-hmm. Do you think all Shandrillans say British version of Shandrillans? You can't be serious. The Empire has been choking us so slowly we're starting not to notice. The time has come to force their hand. 
people will suffer. That's the plan. You're not angry at me. I'm just saying out loud what you already know. There will be no rules going forward. If you're not willing to risk your conscience, then surrender and be done with it. Also an important quote right there, too, um, because we've seen Mothma multiple times through Rebels. Um, you know, and in, she's not willing to do that. She's not willing to sacrifice her conscience. And that's where she and Saw get into those head to head battles. Yeah. And now she's got to deal with Luthen. And, but it's, it's evident that one hand doesn't know what the other hand's doing. She had no idea he was planning this and going to do this. Um, but I loved his, his quote there concerning, has there ever been a weapon made that wasn't used? Well, he's right. And I, I don't think he's, he's wrong. Yeah. Well, there, there, there aren't, I mean, None that we know of. I mean, if you look at uh, atomic weapons in our real world, they've been used. And if you look at the Death mm-hmm. Star in the Star Wars world, it got used. So no one's ever building them with the intention of just in case. Um, and yep. like you were saying, this is very similar to her disagreements that we know she has with Saw and their ideological differences. And I guess it's yet to be determined, determined where uh, Luthen falls on that spectrum between Mon Mothma and, and Saw Gerrera. Uh, we know the ghost crew is somewhere in the middle leaning towards Mon Mothma, but they're definitely going to go farther than she's willing to. And, and I think uh, it probably takes the whole range to really get the job done. Uh, if it was just Mon Mothma, she's really probably going to try and figure this out. She's going to try and refix the system. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she's going to try to legislate and vote her way through it, which I think is not realistic. That was never going to happen. It would never would have worked. You know, you had to blow up the Death Star and you probably had to throw the Emperor down a reactor shaft or else this wasn't really going to happen. So you had to have some people willing to do those things. Easier said than done, but yes, <laughs> he needed to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and, and I somehow love this. he returned. So well, right. dark magic, it's fine. Dark so magic. Explained it Secrets only the Sith knew. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> cloning. 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 Only the Sith knew about cloning. cloning. <laughs> um, but I love this interplay between the two of them in his store where, they kind of like once they go in the closed doors and the driver's outside, they turn one way and they have a very serious conversation. But then Luthen would turn back the other way, and all of a sudden he's smiling and he's very braggadocious with his motions. And like he would turn back around, and it's still this very serious conversation. And it's amazing how they hide this from knowing he that that driver is an ISB tra- uh, plant that they're doing this while he's standing there just watching them. And even in the first one, when she takes, when Clea takes him over to show him the coins and they go in the back room, it's so cool. It's so cool how they do that. Well, not to mention everything he was saying fit, uh, the conversation they were actually having and the conversation they were pretending to have. So even if he could read lips, if he saw what Luthen was saying, he wouldn't have any idea. So yeah. Yep. That was a great Uh, scene. Yes, yes, for sure. And the tremble in Mothma's voice, knowing what has been like, you know, she's trying to like build this and get it, I think, established first. And then you've got, you know, she's She's like starting the kindling. Yeah, she's like getting the kindling going, like trying to build the fire, twisting the newspaper to put it in there. And then here comes Luthen with his gasoline. It's like whoosh and just tosses it on there. And she's like, 
Bro, what well, are you doing? I think Mon Mothma never intended off. to do it. She wanted to have, you know, I think she wanted to have this network and this failsafe and these options, but I don't think, I think he's right. He w- She never really was prepared to say, okay, let's actually do something proactive. Um, mm-hmm. li- like I said, she was still going to try and, you know, let me argue in front of the Senate and let me convince people and that it was not re- it's not realistic that's not a realistic option you know the system was so broken it was irreparable it had to be yeah. you know destroyed and rebuilt yep agreed uh we get a third kind of storyline going on here we have multiple storylines we got ISB we got Luthen and Mothma we have Cyril and his mother again um mama drama clearly does not like his brown suit with his high collar uh but he gets a new job. He's now working for what did they call it? The systems and numbers or something. He is uh, now a cubicle worker. Well, he's which like is, this perfect some- picture of just a cog in the empire's wheel. Mm-hmm. You know, he is such a nameless, faceless, unimportant, sitting in the middle of a giant field of people typing on screens. Oh, I, I, I t- as somebody that works, as somebody that works in a cube every day, uh, when the the boss guy is like, oh, it may seem boring, but ask any longtime employee, you know, every piece here is important. It's just like, mm-hmm. really, bro? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like I see these like cubes full of just faceless bodies that are just punching numbers and, and checking boxes. And, you know, I, I would say any cut large company, those people are important. They are. I'm one of them. But uh, it, it is also at the same time kind of, I don't want to say strangulating, but it, you definitely, like, if you don't have something like, I have this, like, I love doing this. I love getting on this show and talking about it. And it's like my outlet. But if I didn't have this, oh my goodness, I would just drive myself crazy. Like, I would be at work all the time in a cube and drive myself crazy. So... Um, and then we also have Cassian returning home to Ferrix. That did not go the way he intended in any way. It it did not. The, um, the opening, like, you know, when he first gets back, she's kind of shocked to see him. And I know he's like, well, why, why, when did we start locking the door? She's like, well, when the empire showed up, I ain't keeping that open. Well, he intended to Um, reunite with his ex-girlfriend and take his mom on the run, or I guess adopted mom on the run with him, and neither one of those things happened. No, no. Um, She basically said, you know what? I'm done fighting, and I want to join the rebellion. Oh, she's, yeah, I was going to say, she definitely didn't say I'm done fighting. She said, I'm done running, and I'm done, like, trying to avoid this. Oh, did I say done fighting? Yeah, but uh, oh no, yeah, yeah, she's done running. She wants to stay and fight now, um, and she's going to join the rebellion. And I, I've got uh, here. Let's, well, th- let's this play is a what we've been Marva. talking about: is how is Cassian going to get from completely uninvested in this to being a true believer, like we know he is in Rogue One, and now you know he's got Nemec's manifesto, and I think he feels some kind of way about that kid dying, and now. He sees how his, you know, parental figure that has kind of raised him, how she's now standing, even though she's old, man, like she's well past her prime, but she's ready to, you know, go down fighting for the greater good. And I think these things are all going to add up, of course. 
Yep. Here's Marva telling Cassian she's staying. I'm staying. But it's it's not safe. I know all that. I can't be here. You said it yourself. It's all come undone. There's an imperial barracks on Rick's Road. Good luck to them. <laughs> you want to live under that? It's happening everywhere. Well, we'll find a place they haven't ruined yet. I'm already there. That place is in my head. They can build as many barracks as they like. They'll never find me. What's nice. left to keep you here? The rebellion. The rebellion. What? Ferrix has been hiding long enough. So now you're taking on the Empire. Laugh if you want to. When Who's laughing? Little does he this know the mother. little job no, he pulled it's not. was like... It's overdue and probably doomed do and this. I'm too old and I don't care anymore. For 13 years, every time I walk down Rick's Road, I turn off before I get to the square. I take the long way around so I don't have to think about Clem hanging there. Mm, and that's important. She's like, I'm done. Like, I've lived here for, which is 13 years. And she's not gone back to that location because of what they did to her husband. Well, and obviously that had a major impact on yeah. Cassian too, because when he had to pick a name, what did he immediately think of, you know? Yeah. Clem. Um, and that was a beautiful moment too. The flashback to when he was a kid and you see the clone troopers going through with, with modified armor, more like stormtrooper armor, but I'm willing to bet those were clones at that point. And they kind of, somebody throws a rock at them, I think, and they turn and aim and start to light people up. And he, you, Clem was out in the middle of the street at that point. So I don't I wonder how that, because obviously there was an imperial occupation there at some point, but then they left and they had that private security firm that was there. And now the empire is coming back in. So I wonder what happened there in the interim whatever 13 15 years ago i bet they killed a bunch of people and then once it was peaceful they contracted it out because they you know felt like it was already under forces everywhere yeah felt like they had done their job and people were gonna stay quiet um by that yeah it was interesting because whoever threw the rock had shouted like long live the republic for the republic yeah, and it was like those were the clone troopers that were there, but it's now the Empire. It's the same people. It, it's the same people. Like, it, what are you, what are you doing? Like, it, it had. Well, I think it had people confused. I don't think it really is the same though, because what under the Republic, at least theoretically, they had some representation and they had some kind of like say in what what happened to them and. You know, it went from a democracy to a authoritarian dictatorship, which mm-hmm. is different. And the Senate pretty much was disbanded and or very minimal at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and they just started you know, later drafting on, people into service against their will, and you know, sh- shutting down family farms and taking over land and mines. And well, you know, it's just I think it was very easy for people to be upset right and d- distinguish yeah. between the two and later on when we when we meet tay what was his last tay leone court tay leone, Tay-Leone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure 
<laughs> uh, when we meet Tay, who's Mothma's longtime friend from Chandrilla, who's also a senator, yeah. you can hear fancy, his fancy disdain robes. for the Empire at this point. Um, but their their conversation on I the politics the was very interesting. Term he used, but he said something about like you might find my current politics ah. a bit extreme or something like that. And I was like, yeah, I, I, think I so. have that. Hold I, on here. Hold on here. I've spent a great deal of time thinking about this conversation, Tay. I want to tell you something that only three people in the galaxy know about. Why would you want to do that? Because I need your help. Tay is so disappointed. He's I'm hoping I can about trust to find you. out she was a swinger. Is this personal or political? Political. Then I'd suggest you hesitate. Why? Like I said, we've both changed. I've done more than grow weary of the Empire. I'm afraid you'd find my politics a bit strong for your taste. That one? Uh, my man. Your world is inescapably linked to the Empire. You're with these people all the time. I'm not sure you're aware how far afield some of us have taken our political allegiances these days. Sorry, I think I've had a bit too much of Perry's MC Punch. <laughs> it's like oops wait did i let that slip i don't like the empire i'm sorry <laughs> the the stuffy banker telling the stuffy politician that maybe you won't like my politics just uh, i i was like this guy's like a republican who voted for joe biden in 2020 and thinks he's like a revolutionary now <laughs> yeah yeah he's um <laughs> I'm against well, murdering I, I, people in the streets. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I, I don't think Good he's, for you. Yeah. I don't think they talk quite that often, clearly. Like they do stay in touch, but I don't think they're on the regular. And the fact that he thinks that she's gonna be upset that he's not into the empire, well, I th- right? Well, and, and, I think it's a little more than that. I mean But he, she's he's, he's probably right. like she's, actively He's funding Luthen. Yeah, he's. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if it's well, that, he's but he's somebody. definitely like at least talking to other people who are like, "Hey, what do we got to do to, you know, overthrow the government or something?" And I think it's fair to say, fair to assume that Mon Mothma is at least presenting to people that you know she's not anywhere near trying to hear that as much as right. she might, you know, oppose people politically, publicly. I, I think it's safe for him to assume that, you know, she wouldn't necessarily be on the same page. That's why she's cluing him into something that only four people in the universe know, or three or whatever. Three. Who do we think those three people are? We know it's Luthen. Her, Luthen, and Luthen's assistant. One, two, three. And her dad. We don't think Bale's in here. Is he the third? Well, that would make make four by my count. Vel doesn't know. Well, Vel doesn't know I, about Mon I would Mon guess Mothma. she's not. Cu- she's not counting herself. Well, that could be. You don't think so? She's not counting herself. So, her Luthen. I I would bet Bale, Clea, yeah. or Bale. I uh, see. That's what I was thinking too. Is it's her Luthen and Bale? Clea knows. Who is her? Mothma. Well, well, Mothma, we know that Luthen, Luthen's assistant or whatever knows. Like she's running interference on the right. on the driver and stuff. So sh- she and Luthen are definitely two of them. I was counting Mon Mothma okay, as so the third think, person, but 
Gotcha. Gotcha. And Josh, you're Josh under the impression the that she's saying her bail. and three more. Yeah, I don't think she's counting herself in that. Gotcha. Understood. Um, and that could be. That could be. I don't know. But um, yeah, and she was trying to get Luthen, talk Luthen, letting Tay come into this group of people. And now, whereas Luthen goes rogue and goes, well, I'm just going to run this mission and get some money. Mothma now is pulling Tay in without telling Luthen because she said, well, she said, I was going to have a conversation. I was going to have a meeting with him, mm-hmm. but you went ahead and did this prior to the meeting. And now I, I'm not sure. Although, I mean, those things are unrelated. I think she, he was like, we need to do something now. He's been asking her for cash. She's, I'm going to make things happen. I'm going to make things happen. I'm going to make things happen. And she just couldn't get stuff done. She was waiting for this dinner and to have this conversation with, with Tay so he can help her move some money around on, you know, uh, because it's ostensibly for some charity or whatever front they set up. And, um, mm-hmm. and he just couldn't wait anymore. Um, What'd she call it? A Chandrillan outreach program or something? Yeah, something, something. <laughs> Basically, I'm going to reach out to Chandrillan and get some money. I need you to send me some. Um, but she did have this great little bit uh, about Palpatine. Do you see what people say about me? It's a clear picture, isn't it? I'm a polite, sometimes indecisive senator who spends the days fighting and failing to protect separatist do-gooders battle empire overreach. And irritation, as you so harshly put it. I've made you angry. No, no, you've set me free. Oh. I've been wondering all day how I could be sure of confiding in you. I don't know what we're talking about. It's a lie. The Mon Mothma people think they know. It's a lie. It's a projection. It's a front. Smile. <laughs> I've learned from Palpatine. I show you the stone in my hand. You miss the knife at your throat. Love that quote. And she's, she's not wrong. I mean, how many times did we see Palpatine with the Jedi or Anakin you know, kind of kindly steering them one direction, but not really seeing the, yeah, the he's underlying both sides. MO that he's always, doing. Always, yeah. always playing both sides. Yep. Uh, great quote from Mothma there, though. And then, um, uh, you know, it's uh, all a ruse, if you will, at the party in her life. So, um, and then uh, we kind of end this with... Um, I- Sorry, I'm still curious, you know, because I guess she's financed Luthen a little bit. She's gotten him some money. Um, but other if what she's doing in the Senate and publicly and all that stuff is just a show, that's not what she's really doing. I'd like to know what is Mon Mothma really doing then, like to actually build the rebellion or fight the empire however she counts that um because that's really largely what we see until it gets right towards you know battle of yavin death star one type times when she's already been kind of exposed and is already on the run so but she's making it sound right now right like she's already doing something like tangibly to combat the empire or prepare to but as far as I know, I, we're not really clear on what exactly that is, right? 
Like, is she no. stockpiling ships somewhere? Yeah, is like, she is she, like, does base? she have some kind of fleet? Is she, I mean, I guess she's yeah. given Luthen some, like, we know Luthen assembled this crew and they did a tangible, like, attack on a base to steal some money. And, like, that's a real, right. like, we know he did this actual thing. And presumably, he's working on some other things out there. Like, he's got some kind of network, probably. He recruited Cassian, probably still has his eyes on him, whatever. So, uh, we are aware of Mon Mothma's, like, front that she's putting out to the the galaxy at large. But I'm curious, what is she actually doing tangibly in that kind of way behind the scenes? I hope we get yeah. some clarification on that. Agreed. Yeah, she's. I think she's just assembling pieces and throwing money at stuff. You know, yeah. making connections or whatever. Sounds but, like she's not doing all yeah. that much then, really. I mean, I get, you got to have money. You got you to gotta finance this stuff. But, you know, compared to other people, it seems like that's kind of like small potatoes. We're talking terms of levels of investment. She's way closer to the chicken than the pig in this breakfast. Like she's chatting with uh, some Moncala. Like, hey, we need some help. How do we get some ships? Maybe. Uh, I would. Lo- I would know, love to see like, the nothing- Mon Calamari get you know rolled into this because it's it, as far as I'm concerned, they just kind of pop up and they're like, oh, mm. you need some people to. <laughs> you know there's a story in the comics about how they well i sure that's not the same though it's like mainstream media to get the i don't know how how they got involved kyle wants to see it because now it's just, well i mean somebody have a conversation at least because now it's like well we need we need some people with military experience and then the mount calamari just like show up to tell you how to yeah, fight like your when, battle like when's radis show up when, when do we, we see admiral yeah, radis get, get involved this? at this when point when does somebody tell them um, like hey we have we have a, a rebellion here we've got some kind of yeah. force to when's, oppose the empire when's antok merrick come in you know with his x-wing and like when do yeah. these these other other roles start when do we start seeing them as part of this rebellion i'm gonna guess not for a while but he says this um, uh, allegedly this series is going to walk us right up to rogue one and at rogue mm -hmm. one they're already having those meetings and deciding you know are we gonna are we gonna go to scarif or not you know so they already had that right they've got to be pretty close at that point well speaking of meetings we get a, a really good look at a I don't even know what a family family feud ISB meeting here with Blevin and Dedra and Partagaz and uh, basically Blevin going after still trying to go after Dedra for getting information detriment. on Ferrix and he just straight up gets embarrassed here. This was the first part of that charge. I wish to lodge a charge against a fellow supervisor. Proceed. I believe our sector protocols, as described in the ISB Code of Conduct, are being violated by Supervisor Miro, and that this overreach, for which she was previously reprimanded, overreach. risks compromising Imperial safety to a degree that silence is no longer possible. You think this forum appropriate? I do. Serious charge. I believe you'll share my sense of urgency. Hmm. Supervisor Miro, do you mind having your integrity ventilated in public? No, sir. 
Supervisor Blevin obviously finds my conduct a more interesting subject than the advancement of integrated imperial security. Ooh. He's put a lot into it. I'm curious to hear his insights. Sick burn. <laughs> um, yeah, she's sick of him. This, the, just the start of this was very interesting because here Blevin is very much focused on sector protocols and like managing their own affairs when you just had Yularen at the beginning of this state no no you'll have no trouble getting information from the army the navy or whoever you want to find these rebels and to seek them out and here Blevin is still dwelling on well she's trying to get my information and he's pissed about it well, I think I, I and she's slick with it I think that I don't think what you Lauren said uh, negated his his complaint because I think they still are going to try and keep their sectors and it's a total like pissing match of this is my area and you're going to stay out of it because it's an ego thing and it's a hierarchy thing and they're all like jockeying for position and I th I thought you Lauren was saying as ISB agents within your sector you can get anything you want. So I, I still think she kind of like did a bit of a Patriot act and, and mm -hmm. found a way around to get this info that she wasn't really supposed to, but it just worked out for her and she was right. And she, she did find something. That's why after the meeting, he was like, Hey, watch your back because right. you were right, but you did sort of go outside of protocol and you're stepping on people's toes. And that's like, to them, their position and their authority and their power is way more important than like finding a criminal or solving a case or whatever. Like, yes, that's ostensibly what they're doing. But I think for these individuals, with the exception of Dedra, who comes from like a whole different background, they already established mm -hmm. that in like one of the earlier episodes. What really matters to them is they're they're a version of politicians you know they're trying to get a better job and get a bigger sector and have more people reporting to them and whatever have a better title have more little squares on their on their chest thing mm -hmm. um whereas she's actually like no something's let me actually wow. figure out this threat to the empire um so I think that's where that conflict is coming in because she didn't follow oh, the rules, both the written and unwritten one, but she is getting the result, but nobody else really cares right. about that result, at least not her peers. And he did, he did tell her after that first meeting, like, look, I need facts. Like it's fine that you're going to, to think like this and throw out conjectures, but you need to have supporting facts behind it. She went out and got the facts, built the case file, using that P-O-R-D to kind of circumvent the sector protocols to get her information. So he's all well, about, Well, because to hey, me, he's operating he, he sort puts, of the same way. He's just one level higher up the chain. So he needs all yeah, of them to just follow their protocol and whatever, get the job done to make him look better. So he doesn't want to deal with their infighting and their garbage, but... If she can get the results, I don't want to micromanage. I don't want to deal with you. I want to do my politicking with the people above me. So you bring me facts that I can use to make me right. look good. And then I yeah. can take it to, you know, whoever's above me. And, you know, it's, it's all just mm -hmm. 
these people trying to have more power within this little structure they built, you know, rather than actually trying to accomplish anything. And to, at at the end, it's to their detriment, you know, at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, as we know. And he basically tells Blevin, I'm all about outside the box thinking this is what Dedra did was good. Like thinking outside the box. And now that she's got facts, that's what I want. Cause she, he basically, Oh Yeah. He's like, imagine what would happen if we all did that. Because Blevin says, like, what would happen if we all just did what Dedra did? Like, it'd be chaos. And he's like, no. Imagine if we all did what she did and thought outside the box. We'd probably have better results. And uh, that's why he was kind of a little proud of her at the end there. And says, oh, now you got a target on your back because you put Blevin in check. So uh, I'm not going to play the full audio for that because it is a long meeting. But it is um, fun to listen to. It is fast. They are efficient. Um, and part of Gaz was, was, uh, all on all behind Dedra and I'm, I'm loving Dedra the more, the more I see her. So, um, and then, you know, we end, we end this episode with our lovely beach vibes. Cassian's on spring break. (laughs) I mean, we spade a spade. Cassian's a bit of a chump right now at this point. He like got, he took his money and ran, which I I mean, he said he was going to do, but he just totally went like, let me find a little beach planet where i can you know he's essentially on miami in miami on south beach just trying to have spring break yeah. for the rest of i don't know ever for a while he's got some little honey there with him in the know. hotel room hiding money on top of she the shower the <laughs> she loves the pizos whatever they are the green ones um i don't know if it's like a snack or a candy or drugs i don't drugs. know drugs <laughs> i don't know but she wants the pizos um yeah, he's hiding, hiding money drugs. in the shower. Drugs seemed to, it seemed to fit too. the vibe of what they had going on, but like I don't know, maybe she was snacky. <laughs> I have no idea. Could have been M and M's. Well, I mean, you know, after you know, coitus, you're a little hungry, you're a little thirsty. You gotta coitus this guy. <laughs> you gotta replenish. So, um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a cool vibe. But then he's out just strolling in the on the Jersey shore or the Miami shore and gets caught up in some kind of, no, he did nothing. He literally did nothing. Police chase. He didn't do anything. People were running by and it was just very like way too overfunded police force with too much power with no, you know, nobody has any, obviously there's nobody's got a lawyer. Nobody has any presumption of innocence and, uh, what a cop, which then, whatever a trooper a, a sand trooper or trooper uh and um whatever a, K- a k2 trooper. unit i guess came over and mm-hmm. was holding him captive there the at some out. point but <laughs> he says hang what did he say hang hang with him, with him. Hang so on. he well, yeah, hang on to this one <laughs> like, hang on to this one so he picks him up by the hang. he looks at him and goes hang <laughs> And he's like, no, 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 that's not what he meant. <laughs> and then, you know, um, he's in front of the judge 30 seconds later and getting sentenced to six years for standing in the wrong this, place. This would have been mm-hmm. a six-month sentence. And that's exactly and what says, the what, ISB new, agents new were protocols? talking about at the beginning. You know, increased sentences yep. for everything and they're revisiting stuff. And I'm going to yep. go out on a limb and say, I'll bet Cassian doesn't serve all six of those six years. I would guess not. Spoiler. Yeah, sorry. A wanted. That'd be a boring next three seasons or two seasons (laughs) or whatever. I thought this show was about Andor. How come he's not in it anymore? So all we do is watch him 
go to eat lunch and He's, go to uh, rec. Right. Disney's like, you know what was really hot a few years ago? Orange is the New Black. We're going to do our own yeah. <laughs> Star Wars prison show. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, he gets he gets a hefty sentence for what otherwise would have been six months. Um, and then uh, he gets hauled off to jail. And uh, then black. at the end, we see yeah. Cyril sitting in his cube. That's it. I got something. Uh, is, so, it the, is it the length, full length of the, the the episode? No, we got. Uh, no, it's not that far back on the <laughs> research. Uh, so, pizos were a type of food. Uh, Wendy, a human who slept with Cassian Ender while he was on <laughs> Niamos, asked the latter to run and buy more Revnog and pizos. And Revnog, we already know, is a yeah. alcoholic drink because they were drinking at the brothel. But then, so that doesn't really tell it's, us. It's probably a salty a food, so it goes with the. But so when he went out, um, there's a holographic ad that says "Tasty Pizos in Arbesh, um on a building in, on Coruscant. So, well, it's at least not an illegal drug, or they wouldn't be advertising it on the street like that. You wouldn't think, right? Or it's legal on Coruscant and not legal on. You know, it's like mm-hmm. okay, that could be. No, it's no. I'm sure it's just food. So, how do we feel? Um, I, I mean, I'm gonna. I'm willing to bet that's not the the same K two unit that we get. I'm gonna assume he comes in later. That's not obviously K two S O. Um, the K two S O that we know and love. Um, how do you guys feel about Luthen? Do we think anybody else is working with Luthen behind the scenes that Mothma? doesn't know about or do we think Luthen just went rogue on his own well I, th- I think what what do you mean by he just went rogue on his own uh it just seems very i, I don't know like I, I i'm still trying to get a bead on Luthen. like is he really this genius of a person or is somebody else guiding him on where to get funds and what to do could there because we know at this point, there are syndicates out there, right? We know malls run around somewhere. Um, I think he has to we... be rich. Unless he's privately funded by somebody else on the other end, but that wouldn't make any sense because he's been on Mon Mothma about money this whole time and then did this heist for millions mm-hmm. of credits. Um, but he owns a shop of antiquities in a high traffic area on Coruscant. So he has Mm. to be wealthy and well-connected to some extent. But I think uh, he definitely has some stuff working in the background that Mon Mothma is not clear on, and that's by design because they want to have separation. And, uh, you know, if they do ever get caught, it's good to not know everything because then you can't... Mm -hmm you know, give people away whether you want to or not. Um, but yeah, I think it's fair to say to ax Cassian. other than just that one crew of people there, that there's probably other people that Luthen is in contact with and working on things with. Which is going to make it real hard for Vel to find Cassian now that he's basically in prison. <laughs> Like, that'll make him much easier to find because he's going to be mugshotted and printed and kept in one place. <laughs> yeah, but how's she going to get it to him? Uh, well, 
physically getting to his <laughs> we person, seen, but might be hard. But finding where he is it, should be easier than and ever. And it is now. fair that we've seen some kind of trailer with lots of people. I would have guessed now Cassian is one of those people in the white jumpsuits that's running through a hallway. Right. So there is some prison break or some incident that happens at this jail that I'm going to guess is what causes him to get out. So how much longer do you think we see, uh, how much longer do you think until Cyril is brought back into the fold in trying to catch Cassian or teams up or does anything to get out of his cubicle? Oh, I think that's going to happen really quickly. Um, I think he, like I was just saying, I think he's going to, um, find find Cassian because he got mugshotted uh, when he got arrested and when he gets processed in this prison that they're sending him to. I think Cyril's probably going to be using whatever to look for Cassian. He's He's been looking and we know he keeps pulling up that little picture of him that he has and keeps looking at it so he knows what he looks like. Um, so I think he's going to find where he is really soon and start hunting him down. But probably by the time he gets there, that's when Cassian will have already been broken out and there'll be the whole hunt slash chase gotcha. situation. That's my guess anyway. Yeah, I think I, I agree, Kyle. I think he's going to somehow in the course of his working or something, he's going to find out that Cassian is locked up. And Episode seven was right. 53 minutes long, which was one minute shorter than episode six at 54 minutes, but that probably counts credits. Mm -hmm. I love these though. Like 45 minute plus episode lengths. Love to see it. So 40, mm -hmm. 42 for episode one, 38, 43, 50, 46, 54, 53. So these last three or last Love four it. have all been nearly an hour long. Love it. Uh, anything else that you guys want to discuss about episode seven of Andor this week? No, that about covers it for me. I guess we're supposed to get a couple, uh, kind of multi-episode arcs here to finish out the yep. season. I'm interested to see how it, where, how that goes. Yeah, next three is an arc, and then the last two is an arc, mm -hmm. supposedly. Allegedly. Um, I, did love the, I did love the smaller probe droids flying around, like uh, what the... What, um, oh what the Inquisitor had in mm. Rebels with the three of them. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of nice on the beach. The K2 coming up the stairs, very, very Terminator-esque. Um, <laughs> I want to point out that those are called KX security droids. Thank you very much. They're, they're not, they, don't, they don't all have a two in their designation. Mm. Um, the one other one that we have a designation for, <laughs> um, who was in Adventures in Wild Space, The Rescue, which I'm not sure what that is, but... Um, is K4D8. Oh, so it's just the K and then mm. any... Just the K. Just K. Okay. Hmm. Got I, it. Um, I didn't know that until I, until I looked it up either, so... Well, now we all know. Thanks. We, yeah. And bef before, I, before I hit our outro, we did get a little bit of Cinta. I forgot about Cinta. She's still on Aldani. She sees the Star Destroyer flying overhead and then rides out on her moped. Yeah, so she's she's, she's alive. Kicking. She's still there, but she's out of the base. Um, so well, she's she's okay for she's right now. She's doing what she was told, according to the 
whatever conversation Claire. on Coruscant there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this up and uh, we'll get some new outro <laughs> music here. Oh, easy for you to say. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go That was Andor Episode 7 Recap. The episode was titled Announcement. We hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, I love the episode. It was a great episode. Um, this show just keeps getting better and better every week. Um, as, a, all, as always, we remind you to get out there. Find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Outer and Beacon. We are everywhere. You can find us also on YouTube. You can see some of our live streams there. Our old episodes are there. You can also find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever floats your boat. Uh, my name's Justin. You can find me on Twitter at IamTheBendu. Where are they going to find you guys at? This is Josh. I'm Battle of Taneb on Instagram and Twitter. And speaking of announcements, Former Critics has a new single coming out on Devil's Night, October 30th, which is a week from today. Nice. Uh, this is Kyle, and I am KB nice. underscore legend on Twitter and Instagram. I'm not musically talented like that. And so no music <laughs> coming out. Uh, I mean, I had a little band experience in high school, and that was about it. But I thought you had a band, Kyle. Kyle Bright and the Sweaty Bastards. If only. <laughs> I've got the Sweaty Bastard part down. I'm still working on the music musical talent. Still working on the rest. Nice. Anyway, get out, do something Star Wars y, everybody. Um, may the Force be with you. Always. I'm going to Niamos. You gotta bump that track. No one can hear the music but you, Justin, just so you're fully aware. <laughs>